0: For the same event, we can have different emotions. You ever notice when a baby is born, some people cry, some people yell and celebrate, hand out cigars. The mothers are always not celebrating, they gave birth, they, they're going through labor. But the same event can get different emotions. And Palm Sunday, or how we got Palm Sunday tradition was a day that stood out in the Bible for the tremendously different reactions emotionally that came when Jesus, now at the end of his earthly ministry, goes up on a hill and starts down into Jerusalem. And as he goes into the city, they start, although Luke doesn't mention it, waving palms. They put garments down. And I want you to notice the reaction of these three different emotions, how they came about, including the emotions of Jesus. After Jesus said this, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. As he approached Bethage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here a donkey. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Say, the Lord needs it. Oh, there's a good lesson there. You know, the Lord touches something in our life, says, I need it. Your time, your energy, your gifting. Those who were sent ahead went and found it just as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? They replied, the Lord needs it. And they just gave it up. Praise God. They brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks on the colt and as a saddle and put Jesus on it. As he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road instead of a royal carpet. They didn't have a carpet, so they just put their coats, their outer garments on it. When he came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples, believers, including children we know, began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles that they had seen Jesus do. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest, or Hosanna. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. They will dash you to the ground, you and the children within your walls. They will not leave one stone on another because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you, or as some translations have, you did not recognize or know your time of visitation. So now we have these three reactions to this one event, Jesus coming into Jerusalem for the last time. He spent most of his time up in the north in Galilee and ministering in places like Capernaum. He visited Jerusalem, ministered there. This was his last visit. He would be soon crucified there within a week. We know this story, don't we? That interesting word of knowledge that he had supernaturally, he would know where the donkey was. He would know that no one had ever ridden it. He would tell the disciples to go and just take it like almost robbery, but it wouldn't be because he knew someone would come and say, why do you need it? And he'd say, the master needs it. Your master, your Lord needs it. And they would let him have it. And then he would ride on it with the saddle of a few garments and come down. Most times during war, the Roman generals would ride a horse to show triumph, But a donkey here in this case is not a sign of humility because a donkey wasn't looked at like we look at a donkey compared to a white, beautiful horse. A donkey was a noble animal back then, 2,000 years ago, and what it spoke of was peace the fact that this king is coming in peace. And kings would, in the Old Testament, sometimes ride on a donkey. So it's not humility, it's I'm coming in peace. He's the Prince of Peace. And as he's riding down, they are laying more garments for Jesus to ride over, and they cut down the palm branches, and they start waving palms. And there's a racket. There's so much noise. And the people are yelling, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna is a hard word to translate if you study it, because it actually means like, God save us. But it wasn't so much a prayer as save us celebrating like, God saves us. God is awesome. That's how Hosanna began to be used as an exclamation of praise. And they're making all this noise as a racket And the religious leaders, the common people are praising Jesus. Why? For all the miracles that they had seen. They had seen him do so many amazing things. And then they had seen his spirit, his kindness, his love, his mercy. He touched lepers. He lifted up women who had fallen by the wayside and picked them up and restored them to wholeness. And men too. So they were yelling and praising God for that, and then the religious leaders say, that bothers us. All that noise, all that praising, all that those hallelujahs and all that hosannas. Why don't you stop them? And who are you anyway? Only God deserves that kind of praise. And to be honest with you, we don't like that kind of emotion anyway, all that noise. Don't you know how to be religious and proper? We're the experts on it. You got this rabble, just crowd, this mob making all this noise. So you got people happy and celebrating. You got the religious leaders, critical and angry. And then you got Jesus. And it's like he says to them, oh, if they don't praise me, the rocks will cry out. Well, what's he mean there? He means, if these people don't praise me, the earth knows who I am. The very earth would praise me. It gives the earth a personality and life. The rocks will cry out if someone doesn't praise me. This is before the cross. And then, as he answers that, he looks at the city, and then he begins to cry. There's two words in the New Testament there, the life of Christ when he wept. He wept at Lazarus's tomb, which was a quiet, silent kind of weeping. This word is the loud word, the word for sobbing convulsively, for crying out loud. Now you got other emotion. You got people celebrating. You got people angry and critical. And now you have Jesus convulsively crying out loud, sobbing. And he looks at the city and he says what he says. Oh, Jerusalem, How many times I would have gathered you, I would have helped you, but you wouldn't let me, because you never understood what really brings peace. Using peace in the fuller sense of the word, the Hebrew word shalom, which means not only tranquility inside, but blessing and wholeness, fullness from God. And then, for you who know your New Testament history, he then says, but now because you had light and you rejected it, now what makes for peace is hidden from you. Now that's a very heavy thought. There's such a thing as judicial blindness that if you have the light and you reject it, you hear Jesus and you reject him, you hear about it, you reject it. You once knew him, you reject it. Then something comes over you like a callous and now you don't even understand anymore what the secret is. It's a very awesome sentence. And then Jesus predicts 40 years later what will happen to them. Another proof of his divinity. He doesn't give the specific date, but he said a day is coming when you'll be encircled and they're going to build either mounds of dirt or maybe even a wall. Both were done. In 70 AD, after Israel kept pushing against Roman Empire and their control and refused to pay taxes and hated the Gentiles ruling over them, Rome had enough. After some of their leaders were killed who were stationed in Israel, Rome came, and under General Titus, who later became emperor, they circled Jerusalem cut off all the food, cut off everything. They did it during the holiday season, history tells us, so there were three million Jews crowded into Jerusalem at that time, even though it was 2,000 years ago. And because of what the Jewish zealots had done to their people, the Roman officers, they came in in a savage way. And not only broke down the walls they desecrated the city. They took the temple apart, stone by stone, because there was a rumor that there was exceeding great riches hidden in there, and they were heavy into plunder these soldiers. Children, women, men, all devastated. One of the historians from back then said it was so leveled, the city, that you could run a plow like a farmer would run a plow in a field. You could run a plow through the middle of Jerusalem. That's how they just messed up the whole thing. Jesus predicted that. He said, you've rejected me, and now judgment is going to come on you as a nation. So now we see these three emotions. We see celebration, and we see criticism and anger and then we see jesus weeping i want to talk about the first and the last the middle one you always have let's talk about the first which brings us to the second you have people praising god out loud unashamedly unabashedly totally free hallelujah hosanna blessed is he who comes in the name of the lord and they're praising jesus And then you'll have the religious people who say, shh, don't you know how to be respectful? Don't you know what religion is about? What are you just loud and shouting? And really, when you think about it, that's one of the biggest con games that's ever been played on all of us, that religion to us has lost its emotional celebratory aspect And we have bought into the fact that when you come to church and you worship and you sing, you have to be silent and reverent. You must be reverent because God is an awesome God, and they'll quote those verses, be still and know that. I know, but there's another verse that says, shout unto the Lord with the voice of triumph. Bless the Lord, all oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. And I would just like to present to all of you, whether you're from Brazil or France or Argentina or wherever you might be from, Hong Kong, us that are from New York and then are Christians, when was the last time you just let loose and praise God with your whole body, soul, and spirit? Listen, they were shouting and praising God. He had not died yet on the cross. We know about that. If they sang before he died on the cross, how should we be singing after he died for our sins? He hadn't risen from the dead on the third day, and they were praising him just for some miracles. How ought we to be praising him today when we know that after three days he rose from the dead, the tomb is empty, Jesus is alive. Can we put our hands together and say amen to that? But for some of us, it's even hard to clap our hands because we're not used to that. We've been brainwashed or we've been suppressed. All that men might praise the Lord is said over and over again in one way or another in the Psalms. When they were praising God, Jesus didn't get embarrassed and say, you shouldn't be doing that. He received it as legitimate praise, shouting, laughing, happiness, Noise. That's so far from us. And yet in heaven it's going to be that way. In the book of Revelation it says the sound of the praise is like 10,000 oceans upon 10,000 oceans crashing together. That's the noise. Why are we so quiet now here on earth When God has done so much for us, they were praising the Lord so loud and not one of their lives had been changed. Not one of them had been born again because that hadn't happened yet. He had not died on the cross, shed his blood. Oh, the blood of the lamb. The precious blood of the Lamb. My sins are gone. We're, we're clean from all condemnation. There's no record of anything we've ever done wrong, whether it was yesterday or last week or 10 years ago. It's all been washed away by the blood of Jesus. That hadn't happened to them, and they were yelling and shouting, and some of us are quiet like a rock. We can't say hallelujah. We can't lift our hands. We've been brought up around this idea of keep it down and yet go to a hospital when a baby is born. See how the family reacts. We're gonna have the Summer Olympics in Brazil in 2016 this year. Watch when someone wins the gold medal. Watch how they wave the flags in the opening ceremony. Tell me if they're quiet and subdued. When someone wins the 100 meter dash, when someone wins the tennis gold medal, See how they celebrate and they all go wild. Nobody says they're crazy. They're celebrating over gold medals and we're not quick to praise God out loud. Oh, come on, let's put our hands together and shout out loud. Come on, shout out loud. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Lord. Oh, that men and women might praise the Lord. Every March, I think about all the way back when I played college basketball and we beat UConn in a playoff game, the school I went to, University of Rhode Island, and went to the NCAA tournament when they only had like 24 teams, not 64. Basketball wasn't a huge industry back then, but a lot of great teams, a lot of great players. And in all those games I played over three years, started for three years as a point guard at URI, the screaming, the yelling, everyone going crazy, nobody ever criticized us. No no one ever said, what are you doing? It's a silly basketball game. You won't even remember it. Crying afterward, I can see the cheerleaders They would wear a lot of makeup back then and all the makeup would be coming down. Girls were wearing those, uh, uh, what do you call those? False eyelashes. And they would come unglued and be hanging all over. We lost, we lost. Nobody ever said that was crazy. listen, I wanna just say today, I am not ashamed to praise the Lord. Come on, can we give God one more hand clap of praise? Hallelujah. Everybody say hallelujah. Yeah. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Oh, the truth is, the truth is, it's peer pressure. Let me tell you what the truth is. It's the pressure of what are you crazy? What are you a holy roller? What, you know, it's the people who don't know God that are going to look at us. And then in the church, there are some Pharisees still who love to point out, like, why are you so noisy? (laughs) Why are you so noisy? You're just stirring up emotion. Now, I don't like stirred up emotion for emotionalism. I don't like that. And I've seen that since I was a kid. There's a way that holding a mic, you could work people up in a frenzy and have them shouting. They don't even know what they're shouting about. You can preach in such a way where the people just start going all over the place and on the way home, if you stopped them and said, what was the sermon about? I don't know, but it felt good, praise God. It, I don't like that, that's not good. God wants us to have intelligent worship, amen? amen? But in spirit and in truth. How many can remember the old you before Jesus came? Can we just lift our hands now and just praise them out loud for a second? Just in English or Spanish, just, Gloria a tu nombre, Señor. Gloria tu nombre, Señor. We are not ashamed to praise you out loud, Lord, for what you've done for us. I praise you out loud. I don't care who laughs at me or mocks me. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Oh, praise the Lord and bless the Lord with me, the psalmist says. We praise you, Lord. You may put your hands down They're celebrating and are happy as can be. And the religious experts, oh, religion without God is such a deadly thing. Oh, religion without God, deadly thing. And then they look at Jesus and he's sobbing convulsively because he's looking at Jerusalem. What a picture of God's love this is because this is the city that rejected him. You usually don't feel a lot of sympathy for people who are mean to you. One of the signs of really going deep in God is that when people are ugly to you, you can have compassion on them and feel bad for them. Most of us, it's tit for tat. You're nice to me, I'm nice to you. You be ugly with me, hey, I'll come at you. But not Jesus. Jesus wept over them. He wept over them. And he said, convulsively, out loud. That's another thing that it's hard for us to do publicly. We're ashamed to weep, and yet Jesus wept publicly. With everybody shouting glory and all that, when he saw Jerusalem, he wept out loud. The strong word for weeping, as I said before. Oh, Jerusalem, how many times I would have gathered you, but you never understood what makes for peace. And that's how I want to end today. Money doesn't make for peace. Sex doesn't make for peace. He didn't say you don't know what pleasure is. He said you don't know what makes for peace. So you can sleep at night and not be afraid of not getting up. They already have the wood existing on the earth that will make up our caskets. It's somewhere. But when you have God's peace you can look at death and the grave and say, where is your victory? We overcome you through Jesus Christ, our Lord. We have peace when we're alive. We have peace when we face death. We have peace. We have peace. And they didn't know what made for peace. They thought by trying to live a good life, you would have peace. You don't have peace trying to live a good life. Are some of you here misguided by thinking that if you try to live a good life, you'll have peace and God will be pleased with you? You won't. You won't have that peace. God will not be pleased with you. He wants you to live a good life, but you got to start where he wants you to start. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Receive him him as your savior because he died on the cross for you trying to earn god's favor you'll never earn god's favor all we like sheep have gone astray no one according to a judge standing before just a judge you know i read a psalm this week lord if you would count iniquity who of us could stand before you who of us could even stand for a tenth of a second in god's holy presence if he would just look for faults? ah but jesus came that's what makes for peace. He's called the Prince of Peace. You have to have a relationship with Jesus. You got to give him your life, make him the center. But not, they wouldn't do it. See, this is where we also learn that even though God's word is powerful, not everybody receives it. Even though Jesus is the Almighty, In human form, not everyone receives him. This is what the Bible calls the mystery of iniquity. You could have Jesus this close to you and miss it. You could go to church every Palm Sunday and Easter and maybe a few other Sundays. You could be a member. You could be a deacon in a church somewhere and miss it and not have peace. That's why Jesus cried. He wasn't like we would be in the natural. All right, you're going to crucify me? Fine. You'll get your reward one day for what you're going to do to me. No. I leave this with you. If Jesus wept over Jerusalem 2,000 years ago, what's he doing today over New York City, Los Angeles, London, Tokyo, Hong Kong, Buenos Aires? See, judgment doesn't make him happy What makes God happy is to show mercy. He delights in mercy. He delights in helping people and giving them peace. He cannot force you. He cannot force me to come. But he invites us to come. And just like Jerusalem had a future after rejecting God, we all have a future if we reject God's sacrifice of his son, Jesus Christ. That's the awesomeness of the decision that we make. But I offer you peace today. God told me in my heart to preach his word today and offer you peace. You can have peace. You can have all your sins forgiven. You can have eternal life. You can have joy unspeakable and full of glory. I don't care what's coming against you. You can have a peace that passes all understanding. You can have something that will hold you. You won't be depressed. If you're depressed, that's not God's will. Don't you have any children? Are you happy when they're depressed? Why would God be happy when we're depressed? You're not a victim. You could be a child of God. Don't go live the rest of your life as a victim. What people did to you, that won't change anything. How about what God did for you? Forget what people did to you. How about what God did to you? He gave his son. Come on, let's say amen to that. He gave his son, Jesus Christ. Let's close our eyes. We've celebrated, we've praised God, but maybe there's some folks in here who say, Pastor, I need that peace you were talking about, that Jesus talked about. If you only knew what made for peace, but you missed your day of visitation, can I be so bold to say that this might be one of your last days of visitation? You're in a church, you're alive, someone's telling you about Jesus. Not religion, not going to church, but Jesus. Jesus as Lord of your life, Savior. If you would like me to pray for you before you go out at the end of this Palm Sunday service, if you feel in your heart that God's been talking to you while I've been speaking his word, just stand where you are and say, pray for me. I need the peace that only God can give, and I know it comes through Jesus. Jesus. Just stand right where you are and say, pray for me. I need that peace. I do not have tranquility. I have anxiety. I have depression. I don't have joy. I don't have victory. I'm hobbled in a way. Just stand right where you are. That's it. Thank you. Stand right where you are. Thank you. Stand. Those of you that are standing, quickly, slide out of your row and come down, including the balcony. Come out of your seat. Come forward. Come on. God wants you to have peace. He wants to bless you. You don't have to fight with him. You don't have to say, please, change your mind. He loves you so much that he already gave his son for you. There's no battle here. What there is is surrender needed. Don't fight. Surrender. Just say, God, I surrender to Jesus. I want Jesus to be my Lord, my Savior. I want Jesus in my life. I want him every day. I want him controlling my life. I want him to give me the peace that I have not been able to find. Listen, all the people that sang up here, the background singers, all the congregation, you don't think we've been out there trying the other stuff in days gone by? We've tried everything. You name it, we tried it. But it's all a dead end. Am I right, congregation? Only Jesus brings peace, gives salvation. Only Jesus can do that. Do you understand me? Come on, I'm going to pray for you. Repeat after me here in the front. Say it loud so the congregation can hear it. Those standing with you will pray out loud too. Dear Dear God, I believe in Jesus. That he is, the son of God. he is the son of God. Born of a virgin. Born of a virgin. Crucified, on Crucified on Calvary. On the third day, on the third day. He, rose from the dead. he rose from the dead. I need him in my life. I need him in my life. As my Lord. As my, Lord. As, my As my savior. Give me your peace, God. God. I confess my sins. I am sorry for my sins. I want to live for you. I come to the light today and I ask for your salvation. Do what you promised. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, shall be saved, shall be saved. I receive that salvation. And your peace. peace. In Jesus' name.